a brief homily. Consoling Jesus recently during this Lent, you might have heard me use that phrase, consoling Jesus. Certainly when we go to Stations of the Cross, we're there to console Jesus. And tonight we're here to console Jesus too. But consoling Jesus has a great power. It's not just cathartic for us as a healing measure because we all want to be consoled and we understand how important being consoled is. And so we're doing this for Jesus. And in doing this too, in acknowledging all of this, we allow ourselves in some measure perhaps to grieve or to mourn what's happened to Jesus, what's happened to the human race, etc. And there's something healthy and good about grieving and mourning as well. But getting back to consoling, it's not just about us, and we recognize that in consoling the other Jesus in this case. But consoling isn't just simply um, medicinal in the sense of helping the person being consoled, in this case Jesus, but that consoling somehow repairs damage. Consoling repairs. So as we console Jesus, let's say at Stations of the Cross or here in the church tonight, etc., somehow we're helping to repair the damage. We're saying we're sorry, and that helps to repair. But also, too, there's something in consoling that has a medicinal quality as it pertains, in this case, to sin, to repairing the damage of sin. When the three children of Fatima were being visited multiple times by the Blessed Virgin Mary, she had told the children that they needed to do various things to, uh, as acts of reparation for the sins, for the sins of the world. Well, the children didn't understand what reparation meant. Lucia, the eldest, had a concept, but Francesco didn't. And so Francesco asked, well, what is reparation? And she looked at Francesco and smiled and said, Console Jesus. He understood what console meant. Francesco and Jacinta and Lucia too knew the timetables or some concept of it in terms of their lives. That Lucia would live to be an old, an old person and that the two children, Francesco and Jacinta, would go to heaven shortly. They would die shortly. And Francesco would die within about a year of the last apparition. He would get the Spanish flu influenza and die from it. His sister Jacinta would get it too. She wouldn't die from that, but she would catch a different illness and die from that as a result of it a little after Francesco. But Francesco, knowing that he's going to be taken home to heaven fairly soon and not having a concept exactly of when that was, but believing it was fairly soon, and being told to console Jesus, this became his great mission. And so the children would kind of outcompete one another with penances. They would be out in the, the fields during the summer tending the sheep in 90, 100 degree temperature. This is Portugal in the summer. And they would leave their water bottles at home. And they'd try to spend the whole day with no water. And they'd do these kinds of things. So they'd take their cinctures and under their clothes, clothes tie a cincture as tight as they possibly could until it really hurt all day long or they'd even draw blood. And these are little children. They're doing these acts of reparation that in this case we call them penances, but we kind of think maybe a penance for overcoming my own sins and my own bad habits and addictions, etc. But in, the, in this sense, the children were doing it 
sort of to repair the damage that sin had done to console Jesus. When school came around, Francesca would skip school on a regular basis. This is a nine-year-old, nine-year-old skipping school. Well, between their little home and the school was the church. And so he and the other kids would be on their way to school, and he would kind of duck out of the crowd and sneak into the church, where he would spend the school day in the church at this particular, you know, it was a crucifix or a statue or something where he could be somewhat hidden. And he would go to that place, and then he would spend the whole school day consoling Jesus. He would just be wrapped in prayer. Now remember, he got to see the Blessed Virgin Mary multiple times by the October 13th apparition. He got to see Jesus himself and St. Joseph and the angels. and He got taken to heaven, to purgatory, to hell. So he experienced much more than what the rest of us experience in this life. But here was Francesco trying to repair the damage of sin from the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to their present day in 1917 to the end of the world with what he could do, with what was within the power of a nine-year-old and how he understood repairing, reparation was to console Jesus. That's what she said, smiling upon him, console Jesus. He understood what console meant. As we console Jesus tonight, and hopefully at different times in our lives, when we're doing penances throughout the year, etc., again, we like to sort of, in a mercenary way, think of how this penance might come around and help me. But those penances and those acts of reparation, they fix in some mysterious way, as long as they're given to God, they can fix the damage of sin. And tonight, as we console Jesus, as we gather to be with him tonight, we not only console him in the sense of the emotional, um, the emotional charm, or the, the emotional uh, connectedness that comes with con- consoling another in their grief, but like Jesus, we participate him, with him in repairing the damage of sin, in participating in doing something that there's power in the consolation or in consoling Jesus. There's power because it's repairing sin, repairing the damage of sin. And so we do so tonight as we venerate Jesus here on his cross. Know that in our veneration, as we seek to console him, we're actually repairing for the damage of our sins and the sins of others, past, present, and into the future. And there is great power there. There is something that's changing because we're consoling Jesus tonight.